Experiences in the arts fosters creativity and critical thinking in a variety of areas, not only within the arts themselves. When the learning environment provides opportunities for children to create through the arts in any form, communication between various parts of the brain is stimulated. Page 104, the kindergarten program document. Due to the integrated nature of the four frames, educators can find connections to the arts interwoven into all areas of the kindergarten program. In this episode of Curious in Kindergarten, we are going to explore the importance of providing young children with experiences in the arts and how these experiences support brain connections and foster the development of foundational skills. I would like to welcome Lisa Snow, who is the Learning Coordinator for the Arts K-12 to the podcast today. Hi, Belinda. Thanks for having me. When educators think about teaching and learning, we can often gravitate to focusing on literacy and numeracy-based activities. Why might educators want to spend time incorporating instruction in dance, drama, music, or visual arts throughout the day in kindergarten? Everything that's typical of a young learner allows them to be creative and embrace the freedom of art making. Their spontaneity, imagination, play, experimentation, and lack of inhibitions, <laughs> which a lot of them have. Uh, I think if we think of the arts as a mode of learning rather than simply content to be learned, we can see so many opportunities in kindergarten. Dorothy Heathcote was a renowned British drama educator, and she is described as using drama to expand children's awareness, to enable them to look at reality through fantasy, and to help them see below the surface of actions to their meanings. This can be applied to all the arts. The fantastical elements of the arts allows children to explore real life and navigate challenging situations in a safe way. Teachers facilitate students' artistic experiences to allow them to work through their own thoughts, emotions, and inquiry. Betty Wagner, an educator who has worked closely with and shared many ideas with Dorothy Heathcote, describes drama, as well as other arts, as powerful because their unique balance of thought and feeling makes learning exciting, challenging, relevant to real-life concerns, and it's also enjoyable. Students learn to express themselves through the arts in a variety of ways, not just verbally. The arts allow students with diverse learning styles, needs, and ways of knowing to access learning. They also allow for children at different stages of development, in their language, in their social skills, motor skills, and so on, to interact with each other and to communicate with one another without relying on only one skill. Engagement in learning through the arts supports the development of children's self-regulation skills. As children observe the artworks of others, work independently on their own creations, or take the risk to try something new with an idea, they're learning to self-regulate. As they share their ideas and listen to diverse views and opinions of others, they're also developing respect for others and the ability to collaborate. In addition, their ability to deal with stressors is increased. The arts also allow children to develop their empathy. All the arts inspire wonder and curiosity. Because the arts allow children to connect with something bigger than themselves, it encourages all of us to experience emotions and points of view of other people, the people who create or perform it, the people it represents, and the people we are with when sharing in the artistic process and experience. I really like how you kind of draw attention to how the arts creates that safe space. Yeah. for children to you know explore those real world situations or problem solve or act out and that access for all like thank you for bringing that up that you know we don't just have to rely on one method 
of communicating like all children whether it's that three-year-old in your classroom or that almost six-year-old through like arts or dramatic play or even you know maybe building with some creative mm-hmm. materials they're all able to connect and and express their learning or their thoughts and ideas together so really over the past few decades there has been some growing research into brain development and how children form those connections and pathways so how does incorporating listening to and creating music support the developing minds of young children do you remember the Mozart effect? It's from the early 90s and there was this report mm-hmm. uh, that listening to classical music increased a child's IQ. Yes, I think I do remember yeah. that. <laughs> and, and it made them smarter just by having the music playing. Unfortunately, that has been <laughs> considered, now it's considered a myth. So simply listening to classical music does not make a child smarter. No. <laughs> but music itself, it does have an impact on brain development. Ellen Booth Church, she's an internationally recognized early childhood education expert, and she's actually quoted in the kindergarten program document. And and the quote that I really loved was, the exciting brain news is that participating in art, music, movement, and storytelling not only develops language, mathematics, science, and social skills, but also strengthens the synapses between brain cells. Research shows that synapses grow stronger through active participation in the arts. And I think that's a really important point to make. So it's not just, it'll make you smarter. Mm -hmm. It's about building those connections. There is so much brain science since the Mozart effect (laughs) connected to music. Uh, Listening to and participating in music, it lights up many areas of the brain. And music instruction appears to accelerate brain development in young children, particularly in the areas of the brain responsible for processing sound, language development, speech perception, and reading skills. And this is um, according to like a five-year study at the University of Southern California, the neuroscience department there. Research studies have clearly indicated that musical training physically develops the part of the left side of the brain known to be involved with processing language and can actually wire the brain circuits in specific ways. Linking familiar songs to new information can also help imprint information on young minds. So since there's an overlap between our working memory for musical input and for verbal input, the process of learning music improves the learning of verbal tasks, which is probably why everyone has those tidy up songs yes (laughs) (laughs) or like the walking through the hallway quietly songs yes overall music seems to prime our brains for certain kinds of thinking so it doesn't make us smarter but it seems to open us up and the more complex the music the more the brain becomes open to different types of learning and thinking music not only helps develop children's academic skills but supports the development of feelings of empathy trust and community and again this is all related to the way our brains work in a 2012 study it showed that children who participated in music games and activities together over a school year demonstrated greater empathy than children who didn't participate in music activities together so there was one group of kids that were together for the year The other group that was together, they actually did a lot of songs and games together. And that is the group that demonstrated greater empathy. So singing together actually helps develop a deeper social closeness and a sense of group identity, which is really important in developing your classroom community. Oh, yes. Children who learn material through the music remember more, and the effect is most significant amongst children who are considered less strong academically. A professor at John Hopkins School of Education, Dr. Marielle Hardeman, she's a part of the neuroeducation initiative there, says, arts allow for elaboration, allow for repetition, and memory is enhanced through repetition. The more you revisit something, the more you remember it. 
and music, as well as the other performing arts and visual arts, allows children to explore and elaborate ideas in creative ways. So it really is that active process of being yeah. a participant. So, um, you know, sometimes we can passively enjoy maybe that Mozart music, but it really is about being involved and being part of like either the creation of the song or creation instead of art or, or movement or that that really build on those connections in the children's brains. Yeah, and even like finding ways to engage. So it, even if it's listening to music, there's nothing wrong with listening to mm-hmm. music, but it's that engagement with listening to the music and talking about the music or specifically listening for things that's really going to engage what's happening in the brain. And we know that their brains are so active in those first few years, so um, any of those connections we can bring. And really that kind of must connect to, you know, as an educator, I really enjoy reciting those songs and finger finger plays and poems with children. And I mean, I remember the words associated with all those songs and games that I played as a child. So is there a reason that, you know, these connections really are easy for us to remember, like those lyrics and tunes and stick with us through the years? Yeah, yeah. Music is very deeply associated with our personal identity. It's actually called evaluative (laughs) conditioning. And it's the transfer of feelings associated with events to the music being heard. So songs you remember from your childhood or for your teen years, they're really tightly bound to emotion and feelings. And often the more we hear a song, the more it kind of sticks in our minds and it sticks with our emotions. So those songs we enjoyed when we were younger, we most likely heard them or listened to them over and over and over again. And those songs become embedded in our memories and we usually can hear it in our minds without even the music playing. I bet you can (laughs) sing in your head the songs that you loved as a kid. So then when the music is heard, we are automatically reminded of those memories and the attached feelings. Sometimes we can even have a visceral emotional response to music without being fully aware of why we have that response. And it it reminds me of, I used to listen to music that was from like a movie that I loved. Mm -hmm. And I remember driving in my car and suddenly bursting into tears. I'm like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? And then I realized, The music that was playing was from a part of the movie that was a very emotional part of the movie. And as soon as I stopped the music, I was like, I am fine. (laughs) But yeah, like there's a a deep connection there for us. And that's why those songs, like you said, really building that sense of community. If we sing those songs or build those into our routines or add music into our classroom, we can really build that community and connection with our our kids in our classroom Mm -hmm. so maybe they bring them home then and share them with their families and (laughs) and sing them all the way maybe to grade eight we'll see so the four frames of the kindergarten program really reflect that integrated way which young children learn and we were talking about how integrated really all of those arts are so recognizing that there really is no single frame dedicated to the arts where might educators find these connections within the learning expectations so my question (laughs) in response to your question is where would educators not find connections. Mm -hmm. In almost every expectation, there is a connection to the arts. Mm -hmm. The arts are directly referenced in the belonging and contributing uh, frame. Yes. But they actually span all four frames. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to list them all because I was like, I might as well just (laughs) list the whole thing. Yes. So first of all, um, if you consider like self-regulation and well-being, the children are expected to learn about their own and others' feelings and thinking, their physical and mental wellness, and to regulate their emotions. We already know that the arts impact emotions and allow children to express their thoughts and feelings in different ways. Music can be used to calm or as a signal of a change or transition in the day. Visual arts can be used to help children express frustrations or joys in a safe way. 
2018 study revealed that purposefully designing movement and music activities can help with self-regulation and relaxation. So just putting on calming music is not enough. It's teaching the kids mm-hmm. that when we hear this, this is what happens. And how does your body feel? That's right. And, yeah. and start connecting that emotion with what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. The next frame that I considered was the literacy and mathematics yes. behaviors. <laughs> uh, so I actually think the connection for literacy is very strong because mm-hmm. the program says like communicating thoughts and feelings through gestures, physical movements, and representations. I mean, yes. there's dance and drama in a nutshell. And uh, also through a variety of language, images, and materials. So having students respond to or retell stories through dance and drama, music, and visual arts, it seems to happen organically. Mm-hmm. And um, the connection to mathematics, I think, is more about the sense of patterning and patterning behaviors that you find in all the arts. And I think a lot about in dance, there's so much patterning. We don't overtly connect with math, but it's being able to recognize all those patterns. And and it, it just becomes another mode for kids to learn about patterning and make those connections. Mm -hmm. And then the last frame I was considering is the problem solving and innovating. Yes. (laughs) So, and and this is described as exploring the world through natural curiosity in ways that engage the mind, the senses, and the body, making meaning of the world by engaging in creative thinking and innovating ways of thinking about and doing things that arise from their curiosity. I don't know. The arts seem to be a natural (laughs) way for children to express themselves as they explore and process the world around them. And... Children often seek solutions to problems through play and pretending Mm -hmm. and the sort of impermanence of the arts, you know, like we're not recording them, they're just experiencing them. Mm -hmm. It allows them to have like that sense of repeated trial and error to work through things without judgment of a final product. Yes, all that that process. And even as you kind of mentioned at the beginning that children tend to have this inhibition, right? So I love the problem solving frame. It's one of my favorite where they have that freedom to explore and try again. And I mean, I love putting out those materials or that music or offering them an opportunity and just seeing what they could create or do with it. And the fact that it's going to be different every time is really exciting. I always think of the drama like the little home center the play center yes. or, or you know if you have a store or something where they're sort of like playing through daily life mm-hmm. and and you can always overhear them trying to like solve a social problem yes. <laughs> just but they're play acting in their minds they're just pretending but they're actually working through those things and figuring it out mm-hmm. in a, a really safe way yes Do you have any other tips or suggestions for educators maybe just getting started with using the arts to support, you know, instruction in kindergarten or anything they might want to take into account when incorporating music or visual arts or drama into their day? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing I want to mention is in our school board, there's a decision-making tool for resource selection. Mm -hmm. And we need to really keep equity in the forefront of our minds when using the arts with our students. A lot of times, you you mentioned earlier about like songs and games you remember from your childhood. And often we choose songs and games for our own students because we have this nostalgia about, oh, I remember (laughs) this. We really need to take a moment and think like, what what is this really saying? Or (laughs) what is the message? Mm -hmm. Uh, I know there's many songs I love. And even early in my career, I would use those songs. But now I look at them and I think they're fun songs. They're wonderful songs, Mm -hmm. but I'm not wholly comfortable sharing them with the students because I I don't think that they're really sending the message that I want to send. Mm -hmm. So using that decision-making tool 
to choose what you're going to do with the students is, is really important. Knowing the students and their interests is also important. I think families and the community can be really valuable resources. Yes. I always think, like, are there parents that play instruments that would come to the classroom? Is there a song or a dance connected to, like, a cultural or community celebration that could be brought into the classroom? Mm. What songs do they already know? What do they already <laughs> love to do? And we often just need to give kids the freedom to lead their own artistic uh, experiences rather than sort of forcing them into specific artistic mm-hmm. activities. That often happens where we're like, this is what we're going to do for arts today, yes. the end, when really <laughs> we need to let them find ways to express themselves. Now, having said that, the arts at this age, it's a lot about self-expression and exploration, but many children also want guidance mm-hmm. and to know how to create. There's nothing wrong with giving step-by-step instructions in doing a dance or drawing a picture or teaching songs or chants, but that shouldn't be the only way that kids experience the arts. Mm -hmm. It it shouldn't be the main thing. It should just be an opportunity to sort of like develop their artistic skills and then the rest of it should be given freedom for their own expression. Finding that balance, right, between between structure and, and freedom, which I think is is the general flow of most of our, our kindergarten mm-hmm. day, right? We want to we want to expose them to a bit more, but also allow them that freedom to be themselves and show us what they know. Yeah. Well, I think those are some great ideas, and yes, definitely reflecting on that decision making tool can be so helpful. Making sure that we're choosing materials that reflect the learners and the community in our classroom. That yeah, the messaging behind what we're doing really is the messaging that we want children and, and families to hear. So. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for inviting me. Educators who see children as capable and competent provoke children's awareness of their own innate creativity and that of others in a wide variety of ways in order to stimulate their imagination further. Page 105, the Kindergarten Program Document. I would once again like to thank Lisa Snow for being a part of the podcast and for sharing important information about the connections between the arts and learning in the early years. For Thames Valley educators looking for more information about the decision-making tool, please visit SharePoint. Thank you again for listening to Curious in Kindergarten, where we dive into topics that matter to you.